When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Good morning and welcome to Leading Off with True Blue LA. It's Friday, June 10th. Uh, this is the first time uh, in this incarnation of the podcast uh, that we're going to do a mailbag episode. Um, thank you to everyone who submitted questions on the site. Uh, we put up a, a post asking for questions earlier in the week, also asked on Twitter, and a few people also emailed. Did not get to every single question, but picked out some that I thought were interesting. So let's get right to it. Um, our first question comes from Tommy Blackjack, a noted Dr. Pepper and Pickle enthusiast. Um, uh, with Tyler Anderson pitching as well as he has, do you think the Dodgers go with a six-man rotation for a time? Well, okay, so Tommy, I do think they will, but only for like a probably a temporary basis. Sort of, we're in that spot in the season where you know, the Dodgers just had a little bit of a gauntlet. Um, they have another sort of mini gauntlet coming up, 20 games in 20 days. Um, the All-Star game is coming up. So I think to get to that, I think they're going to use a six-man rotation. But there's a few variables to consider here. First, um, Clayton Kershaw is coming back. Uh, he's supposed to start Sunday in San Francisco. He had a rehab assignment on Sunday, or last Sunday, Um at Rancho Cucamonga, um, he's going to be activated off the injured list to start Sunday. Presumably, he's taking Mitch White's spot in the rotation. Um, and then, starting Monday, the Dodgers have three off days in an eight-day span. Um, so, they don't need a... I mean, they, they 
they'd have they have five starters anyway in this span, but they definitely don't need a sixth. Then you know um, the real question is going to be when Andrew Haney uh, comes back. He is making his second rehab a start for Oklahoma City on Thursday night. Um, has a third rehab um, start set for next week. That likely puts him in line to rejoin the Dodgers right around the start of that uh, stretch of 20 games in 20 days, which starts June 21st. So another key here is currently the limit on um, active rosters is that uh, no team can carry more than 14 pitchers. Uh, That's going to go down to 13. It was going to go down to 13 a few weeks back, but uh, Players Union and the league extended it. So they could very well uh, extend it again. Uh, if they're so inclined, but if the um, the active pitcher limits go down to 13 pitchers, you know, carrying six only leaves you with seven relievers. And look, we've, we've seen how the Dodgers uh, use relievers very liberally, um, so it would be very difficult for them in that regard, um, you know. However, um, last Saturday, there you know, there's benefits to it too. So last Saturday... Uh, Dave Roberts, um, he was asked about a six-man rotation. This was at Dodger Stadium. Uh, I'm including the video uh, in the post as well. This is from Sportsnet LA and Dave Roberts' answer to whether the Dodgers might use a six-man rotation. It's certainly possible, um, but to go with seven relievers in the pen um, makes it a little bit more challenging, uh, but you could argue in that stretch of 19 in a row to get guys an extra day uh, is certainly beneficial. Um, I think that just kind of us entertaining that option is a good thing, and I think once we get to that date, then we'll have more clarity. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it looks like one of those things where maybe for that stretch of 20 games in 20 days, maybe they use six pitchers like you know two to three times through. Um, and then you're basically a week out of the All-Star game at that point, so then you have time to sort of reset. Um, but we'll see. Uh, I do think that they would, they'll would they probably use six um, just, you know, at least once or twice just to sort of uh, keep everyone rested and all that kind of stuff, and we'll see it. But, uh, yeah, I do think that's, that's something that very well could happen pretty soon here. Uh, I have another question from uh, Ryan on Twitter. Realistically, what's happening with Walker Bueller? I'm looking at his underlying numbers and expecting a bounce back. So yeah, Walker Bueller, opening day starter this year. He's been the Dodger ace for a couple years. Been you know game one starter in the uh, postseason. Just big game pitcher. Put it all together. It seemed like last year uh, his most consistent year in, in terms of just day in day out. This year has not been that uh, for him. It's been a struggle. Uh, most of Bueller's problems have, have basically been with his fastball. Uh, it, it was one of the best uh, fastballs uh, in the sport the last, like, three years. This year, it's it's actually one of the worst. If you go by a few different metrics, um, there's, like, I believe Fangraphs and Baseball Savant both uh, assign, like, a, a run value to certain pitches, and he was among the leaders in, in the four-seam fastball the last few years. This year, he's, you know, near the bottom. So it's been a shocking sort of turn of events. Uh, so over his last five starts, Bueller has a devilish uh, 666 ERA. His FIP is 516. Opponents are slugging 534 against him in that time. So um, I will link to a couple things here, but uh, the one I want to point out in the podcast is uh, on Baseball Prospectus. Um, 
Michael Aheto um, went into great detail on how Bueller's fastball has fallen off. Now the timing of it, um, the main sort of thrust or the main change, I guess, is is a pretty dramatic decrease in spin rate, which coincides with the timing of uh, Major League Baseball cracking down last year on um, foreign substances and you know deciding what to enforce. So, you know, you can draw conclusions from that if you will, but there's more to it than that. It's not as simple as like, hey, you know, Bueller can't use sticky substances anymore, so he's not, doesn't have a good fastball. There's, there's some mechanical stuff too. He sort of, uh, Michael compares um, Bueller to Tim Linscombe in his delivery, and he shows um, from like a few years back to this year how his various points in the delivery has affected um, his pitch and how it's sort of regressed in, in multiple ways. Now, what what, it, what has shown up, too, is this year, with the fastball, fastball being as diminished as it is, Bueller's only thrown in about a third of the time. Uh, in 2019-2020, uh, Bueller threw the fastball over 53% of the time, so he really counted on it as one of the, you know, as one of the best pitches in baseball, really. This year, it's not, it's not that. Now, the saving grace is it's, you know, um, Bueller's struggling. He's not necessarily bad, although his, you know, the last five starts have been bad. But, like, just overall, he, he's still, he's not, he hasn't completely lost it, you know, that sort of thing. He has, he does have six pitches. Like, um, you know, I would say four he throws um, with a lot of regularity. The other two are, are occasional but still effective. But, I mean, it's really his fastball that drives everything. So he, he sort of, he has to get that right to sort of get close uh, back close to the form that uh, the Dodgers sort of expect from him. But we'll see. Um, I think if he gets gets some improvement again on the fastball, whether it's spin rate, whether it's some of the mechanical things, or uh, just figuring out like command, location, anything, um, that should help his other pitches, and I think the results would follow. But yeah, that that's sort of, uh, it's basically fastball related, I think, um, with Bueller. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Next question is from Sissy Tran uh, via email. Uh, I'm listening to your podcast and I am both happy on a, a daily True Blue LA yay, she says, uh, and despondent. Corey Seeger keeps coming up. Uh, so my question is, limited to Seeger's time on the 40-man, name a standard stat or two uh, where Seeger was not on the list. Now, Sissy here is referring to um, the questions from Craig segment, uh, which is a 
regular feature on our weekly podcast, The Lineup with True Blue LA. That's the new name we decided on it. Um, but yeah, that's a regular segment. And a lot of times there's there's a lot of trivia in there that Craig mixes in. And it's, you know, a lot of more recent uh, trivia questions uh, end up having Seeger a lot because he was one of the Dodgers' best players the last, you know, six years. Um, so I looked at this just to see... Um, you know, if there was something I could I could find to sort of satisfy uh, Sissy's question here. And, you know, he obviously, he was Rookie of the Year. Um, NLCS MVP, World Series MVP, one of the best postseason runs in, like, Major League history in 2020. And it snapped a Dodgers 32-year championship streak. So he's always going to be remembered. Um, but, like, just looking at the Dodgers from 2016 to 2021, he's in the top 10 of, like, just about every offensive category and he's really like top two or three in most of them um and his 13 postseason home runs are tied with justin turner for the most in franchise history however i did find one category where seager did not uh shoot up to the top of the list um he he only stole 10 bases in those last six years uh that's tied for 12th on the dodgers um max muncie also has 10 steals during that time although he wasn't uh, fully, uh, he wasn't a Dodger for all six of those years. But uh, another person Corey Seager's tied with is Howie Kendrick, whose ten steals uh, over those last six years all came in 2016. Um, so yeah, stolen bases, uh, not Corey Seager's forte, but he he did quite a lot of other stuff to to make up for it. Yeah. Next question is from Scotty Lou on Twitter. Uh, what's the status of Dellen Batansis? Um, I have not heard any updates on him. So, yeah, um, Batanzas signed a minor league contract with the Dodgers in April, just before opening day. He's 34. Uh, he was one of the most dominant relief pitchers uh, in baseball with the Yankees. Um, from about 2014 to 2018, he had like a 40% strikeout rate. His uh, 222 ERA, 226 FIP, he was just outstanding. Like 100 strikeouts a year out of the bullpen. Just one of the best relievers going at the time, but he really hasn't been healthy since. Like, he's only thrown 13 innings um, in the last three seasons combined. Um, he had, uh, you know, a bunch of injuries the last few years. Um, there was an Achilles injury in there. There was a lat injury, but it's mostly been shoulder stuff that, that's sort of kept him out. He had shoulder surgery last July, and that's what he's trying to make his way back from. So, as of now, um, the... Um, rookie level league started this week in the minors. And so in the Dodgers, Arizona complex league, which is uh, played at all the, like the team's spring facilities, there's a similar one in Florida, um, you know, um, for those, for the teams that have uh, facilities there. Uh, Batances uh, played or pitched in the game on Tuesday for the Dodgers, Arizona complex league. He gave up two singles and a run. Um, the reason uh, those two singles produced a run is because uh, both runners uh, tried to steal second base. The first one was successful and scored on a single. The um, the second one was unsuccessful. Now, it is worth pointing out that while Batances was dominant uh, during those years, he also allowed 71 stolen bases at an 86% uh, success rate. Uh, that was actually the most allowed by any reliever during that those five years. He was 12th among all pitchers in stolen bases allowed, so just and surrounded by starters. So remarkable that someone who pitches that um, n not nearly as much as like starters is still giving up stolen bases at that rate. Now, 
again, it's picking nits here because there's so few people that were on base. <laughs> so it doesn't, it hurts him when people are on base, but he, he's got around it by simply not having people reach base. So it's one of those things I, I think the Dodgers would take that if they could get him healthy and on a mound. But yeah, he's, it's one of those, he, he's sort of thrown into the pile of, um, guys they might expect something from in the second half if things work out you know they have a lot of those guys you're you you have um Dylan Batances you have Pedro Baez you have um Danny Duffy uh I would say Dustin May although I think they're going to probably have him as like uh, a starter at least first consideration and, and you know eventually could make his way to the bullpen but um and then like Jimmy Nelson maybe later um, just, just a, a bunch of guys and, and like Tommy Canley, I guess now, since he's on long-term and obviously Blake Trinan. So there, there's a lot of guys who, if things work out, they could provide something down the stretch, but it's like, you know, I think the Dodgers are going for the volume, um, here. And then if, if a few of them stick, that's great. Um, but they're, they're sort of, uh, trying to cover all their bases there. But yeah, if, if, if he's in, if Batances is anywhere close to what he was, from 2014 to 2018, that would be an outstanding addition. But yeah, it's it's uh, seems like a long shot, but we'll see. Um, so yeah, keep your eye on those uh, Arizona Complex League uh, box scores. Um, I would imagine, you know, if he's healthy enough, soon enough, he'll probably make his way to like Oklahoma City and, and start pitching there. And, and I think once he's there, it's it's just it's probably a matter of time until he's. Um, He's sort of ready to re- possibly return to the majors. So, but we'll, we'll sort of keep an eye on that, and uh, we'll follow up, you know, later on. Uh, we have one uh, one more uh, baseball question here from Mister um, Mojo Doza on Twitter. Will Caleb Ferguson move into the starting rotation later this season, or remain in the pen? Um, I was thinking about this. So, Ferguson was a starter from you know, in the minors until about midway through the 2018 season. That's, uh, he made his major league debut later that year and, and sort of, um, has been bull, pretty much bullpen ever since he's, he's made some like spot starts and mostly bullpen game type things. Um, but he's been a bullpen guy. I don't see them using him as a starter this year for a couple reasons. One, He's just he just came back from Tommy John surgery. He missed all of last year. He re- rehabbed. He's back. Um, I think it would be a lot to ask of him after that rehab to then also completely change things and try to stretch out to be a starter. And I think that process would take too long to the point where he he wouldn't even be ready to do so until like later in the year. And even then, it's it's such a crapshoot of what you're going to get. I think. Given the way they used him in 2020, they value him as like a high leverage setup guy if he's fully healthy and right. So I think that's what they're aiming for. Like they have, like Alex Vesia sort of grabbed the role of top lefty in the pen last year and this year. But like Ferguson could easily get to that level um, as a reliever. And I think someone with that sort of uh, ceiling in a on a team that would definitely use that. I think they're just going to have him as a reliever this year. Now, I think maybe long-term, you know, potentially Ferguson could go back to starting, but that's something that would take like an off-season to sort of plan for, a full, a healthy off-season, you know, to fully uh, work out and all that kind of stuff rather than rehabbing. So it, I, I'm not thinking about him starting at all. Um, 
anytime soon. But uh, so I think this year, what you're going to get from Ferguson is is relief, uh, and that's about it. Um, we have one more question that is not Dodgers related, but that's fine. It's food related, which is always good to end the podcast on. Hollywood Joe, um, commenter, legend, asked this question: What is the greatest food commonly eaten without utensils? I stared at this question in the comments a couple days ago, and I was, I hesitated. I was like, okay, this is gonna. I couldn't think of something. I was like, this is gonna be take too long to figure out, uh, and how do I approach this? Then, then I thought about it for like a minute, and then it quickly became obvious which one to choose. And I, I say which one, although it's really there's there's really two here. I, I'm going with a burrito, um, and and the other option would be. A, a basic street taco. You could go any hard, like a hard shell taco if you want. It's fine. I think street taco is probably the best form of a taco. Um, however, I, I picked the burrito only like because of the added mobility. Um, with the street taco, um, obviously it's more open, and you know sometimes uh, depending on how they're filled, um, it could be a little messy. Like it, it's good to <laughs> have um, uh, a, like a street taco with. Uh, like a side of chips. So when um, you have like a, a, you know, a handful of street tacos or something, and then uh, whatever, whatever meat sort of spills out, whatever, like, you know, little amount of like cheese or pico de gallo spill out, you just use the chips to sort of uh, uh, sop that all up. So yeah, it'll be, that. that's sort of the ideal. But I think just the burrito sort of solves all that. You basically have the same ingredients um, I'm not a big rice in burrito guy, although I don't, it's not, it's fine. Like if it's in there, but like, yeah, just, just straight meat, cheese, uh, pico de gallo, pico de gallo and salsa, uh, something like that is, is great. Um, and that, that's what I would go with. You can have it in a car. Um, you could eat it at, you know, however you want at home and it's less messy than, um, say the, the street taco is cause it's not open. Although, I guess it could be messy potentially, but uh, yeah, it's delicious, and now I want one, so thank you, Joe, and uh, thank you for listening, everybody. Um, This has been a fun week. Um, Thank you for sending all the questions in. I hope you enjoyed this mailbag, and thank you for listening to Leading Off with True Blue LA. Um, We'll talk to you later. (laughs) 